0: From the conversation, this is Politics with Michelle Grattan, a podcast where we hear from politicians and experts on the issues of the day.
1: The by-election in the Melbourne seat of Dunkley on March 2 is the third by-election of this parliamentary term. The other two contests were caused by liberal resignations, but this vacancy was created by the death of the popular local member, Labour's Peter Murphy, after a long battle against cancer. Labour's margin sits at 6.3% in the outer suburban seat, which has swung between the parties over the years, partly as a result of boundary changes. The government hopes its efforts on the cost of living, notably its recent changes, changes to the Stage 3 tax cuts will help it retain the seat, albeit with some swing against it. Labor goes into the by-election favourite, but people in this outer suburban area are feeling the economic pressures that the Liberal Party has been highlighting. So it will be a blow to Peter Dutton if he can't get at least a large swing against the government. Labor's candidate is Jodie Bellier, who was recruited to the party by Peter Murphy and has had extensive experience in the non-profit sector. The Liberals are running Frankston Mayor Nathan Conroy, who came to Australia from Ireland at the age of 19. There are eight candidates in this field, but it's a two-horse race. For insights into this by-election, we're joined today by Anthony Green, who is the ABC's election analyst, Kos Samaras from the Redbridge Consultancy Group, which has been doing research in the electorate, and Tim Costello, well-known to listeners, who is a Dunkley resident and has been watching the colour and movement of the contest. We start with Anthony Green. Anthony Green, can we start with the question of how important are by elections in general?
2: Well, they're always a way to measure um, public opinion towards the electorate, something a little more specific than an opinion poll. Um, but often, I mean, the by elections, often they're in safe seats, sitting members, the, the, the opposition party doesn't contest them often a marginal seat. I mean, they don't often change. There's no, more often than not a swing against the government at a by-election. I think in the end, most by-elections, some, some are important, the Canberra by-election in 1995, Bass in 1975, um, are both seen as examples of predicting where the government will lose the next election. And the cases like Aston federally in 2001, which indicated that the Howard government might get re-elected, or Odd elections, one like the Aston by-election last year, which uh, saw the government gain a seat from opposition. Highly unusual at a by-election, though I think at this stage we're still sort of in doubt as to how reflective of the next election Aston will be.
1: Turning to this seat of Dunkley, tell us something of its nature.
2: Well, it's it's, on paper, it's a safe seat, a margin of 6.3%. But realistically, it's a safe seat in the national context because Victoria is very strong for the Labour Party. If Victoria was a 50-50 state, Frankston would be one of the most marginal seats. It sits where it does now because the Liberal Party had a really bad result in Victoria and particularly in Melbourne at the last election, and the Labour Party polled very strongly. uh, Under normal suit. this is a a really what should be a marginal seat. But to say the part of Melbourne where the Labour Party may not be doing as well as they would in other areas... It's also in Melbourne where the Liberal Party do particularly badly at the moment.
1: Now, looking at your blog, there are various measures of by-election swings. What do you think is the most relevant measure that we should use on March two?
2: Oh, the the best measure in the end is the average swing of about three and a half to four percent. That's the swing since federation, more or less, the swing since nineteen eighty four when we have two party prefers at each election. Since I think that um that's probably the best measure. Uh, if the government gets a four percent swing against it, it can say it's the it's the average. Uh, the coalition can say, the Liberal Party can say, it's a big swing would cost us cost Labor government at the next election um the biggest swings where labor's been in government and in its own seats you do tend to get bigger swings in the government seats so the average in government seats is about five and a half percent in opposition seats a little over one percent and when labor's been in government there's usually been a swing of sometimes on average been a swing of up to eight percent against governments but that includes a particularly bad collection of by elections to two in adelaide in 1988, when the Hawke government was briefly unpopular, it includes the Canberra by-election. So, um, look, I mean, there's plenty of numbers there you can choose from, but I think 35 to 4% would be the figure that's generally viewed as the measure of a by-election swing.
1: Will the votes of the uh, minor candidates be uh- Crucial in this by election, and what can we expect here? There's no community candidate in this contest, which is quite interesting.
2: Um, it depends what you mean by community candidate. There is Darren Bergworth, who's been associated with my place around, um, around Frankston, has been campaigning against 15 minutes city, against vaccination, against COVID lockdowns. So it's tied into a, a series of um anti-government movements that sort of grew out of the COVID period, but um, he's run before and got three to 4%. And I don't see that he's going to do much better than that. Um, there's a number of candidates that aren't running. There's no One Nation candidate. There's no United Australia Party candidate, which made up about 8 to 9% of the vote last time. So in their absence, the Libertarian candidate may do well, they're formerly, formerly known as the Liberal Democrats, or some of those votes may gravitate towards the Liberal Party. Um, but as we saw at the, um, the Aston by election, the disappearance of UAP and, and um, One Nation didn't, didn't benefit the coalition.
1: I suppose when I was speaking of community candidate, I was thinking of a, a high profile, teal like candidate.
2: Well, yeah, most of the teals we've seen have tended to be inner city seats, um, much more affluent, much more better educated, more liberal voting electorates than Frankston. Frankston's much more out of suburban compared to other seats in Melbourne. It's got a very low proportion of non-English speakers. Um, It's unusually high in the number of English migrants, English-born people who live in the electorate. It's got a much higher proportion of renters than other out of suburban seats, uh, lower education levels. It's got a distinct... um, Profile. I mean, Melbourne isn't like Sydney. It doesn't have parts of the city which have distinct local identities. Melbourne is much more of a all in one city or roads lead to the MCG. It doesn't have the insular peninsulas of Sydney. But even saying that, Frankston was a separate community before it was submerged in post, post-war suburban growth. So it, it had its own particular identity, which is uh, which most people know about in Melbourne. So it's it's slightly different from other electorates. But still, it doesn't have those local peculiarities you see in the sort of Teal electorates that fell in Sydney, or or even seats like Kew and Goldstein, which have got a much more local identity than 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 some other suburban electorates.
1: How important is the local candidate in elections these days, especially by elections, or are people uh, thinking nationally?
2: There's a lot more attention to candidates in by-elections just simply because general election local campaigns get swamped by the national advertising campaign. There's very little television or general media, Melbourne-wide media coverage of the by-election. Most of the publicity and campaigning is entirely local, so therefore who the candidates are is much more important. Um, Nathan Conroy, the Liberal candidate, is the mayor of Frankston. Um, that can sometimes be good or bad, depending on how the, how the council is seen to be performing. Jodie Bellier is the, uh, I think that's the pronunciation, is a Labour candidate. Um, she's well known for her involvement in various welfare groups and women's groups in the area. was uh, trying to pick up on the 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 benefit of Peter Murphy having been a member because it's a caused by death you don't have the unhappiness of the government causing a by election um sometimes a sitting member a candidate can be very important we saw that with the Eden Monero by election in 2021 that uh 2020 that the ability of the Labor candidate to have got her personal appeal out was important for Labor holding what could have been a seat where the Labor Party lost. Um, I don't think that Frankston is as important as the Eden-Minera by-election for the opposition leader, but still, the Labour the opposition would want a good performance, especially having lost Aston.
1: Anthony Green, thanks very much. Thank you. Kosmas, how representative is this electorate of the seats that will be vital at the 2025 election? It's definitely.
0: Uh, a seat that will provide us with a preview into, into that next federal election. Outer Suburban electorate, uh, it's uh, atypical of most Outer Suburban electorates around the country. It's uh, got very large numbers of people with uh, uh, mortgages, uh, many of them who are experiencing significant financial stress. Um, so given the 12 interest rate rises uh, and the current affordability crisis that is underway, Dunkley's... Absolutely, a preview into what potentially will be the 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 uh, the result in twenty twenty
1: five. Now you've been doing some research. You've got some data which is hot off the press, yep. as it were. Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, look, we spoke to voters in Dunkley last night, and overwhelmingly, there, there's a sense of disinterest uh, when it comes to the uh, the tax tax cuts announcements uh, announcement made by the Albanese government. Welcomed, but. Not much of an impact in terms of uh, alleviating some of these some of these voting financial problems. As I've, I've stated many times before, uh, voters living in Dunkley and also across the country, uh, their problem is in the hundreds of dollars every week, not in the tens. So although the tax cuts are very very welcomed by many voters, uh, there's an overall uh, agreement that. Yeah, look, it's nice, but it's not really going to help me in the long term. So it's uh, not—it's perhaps not the, I would say, the silver bullet that the Labor camp is looking for. It will help them during the course of this year continue that conversation around the, their efforts to alleviate some of the some of the affordability crisis that people are, are tackling at the moment. But when it comes to Dunkley, it's uh, uh, potentially not what uh, they, they had hoped for. Doesn't necessarily mean that these people are going to switch over to the coalition. I expect the types of voters that we saw vote for minor parties in twenty twenty two do the same at this um, by election in the outer in Karen Downs and in Frankston North in particular. So I think on the night we should be looking at that other vote and see what how it behaves.
1: Just to clarify for our listeners, this was a focus group and it was what. To soft voters, swinging voters?
0: Yeah, people have got a history voting for the majors, but uh, not necessarily uh, at, at this stage. So, atypical of what I would say people living in, in those outer suburban electors across the country, they've got a past with either voting Liberal, or Labor, or even Green, uh, uh, but are clearly just not uh, enthusiastic about the state of politics in this country at the moment.
1: Were they tuned into the by election?
0: I think the overwhelming sense is that they're sick of getting mail in the letterbox and uh, and their YouTube feed being uh, riddled with advertisements and it's annoying them. <laughs> it's, it's perhaps a message to the political class out there that what they think is important in terms of content that they farm to, the, to, to voters, most voters just find it annoying and want to get rid of it, or they put it in the bin. Or if it's online, they try to skip over it if they can.
1: But presumably, given this by-election was brought about by the death of a popular local member, there's not anger that they're going to have to go to the polls?
0: No, not necessarily. I think there's an an acknowledgement as to why they need to go to the polls. Um, The the, the problem the government's facing with this by-election is the anger is there, but it's there in in relation to this overwhelming sense that... uh, Canberra has ignored the needs of uh, Australians during this affordability crisis. And although, yes, these tax cuts are welcomed, it's uh, probably 12 months too late. Now, whether that translates into a significant shift to the coalition, we'll have to see on the night. But look, looking at, at the voting behaviour of, of, of suburbs like Caram Downs in, uh, in past elections, both at a state and federal level, there's a tendency for these types of voters to now look for something alternative. How that manifests in terms of preferences and the, the overall two-party preferred vote, we'll just have to see on, on on the night.
1: And yet, of course, in this case, there's no community candidate, as we've seen in a, a number of uh, other electorates at the last election. There are minor runners, but nobody mm. who's standing out as a community candidate.
0: Yeah, that's right. It is uh, not unusual to, to 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 see the lack of this type of candidate in seats like Dunkley. These sort of, I would say, middle to low income out of urban electorates tend to not be all that good for the sort of teal independence, so to speak. Although the electorate does have the um, suburb of Mount Eliza, which is the southern part of the electorate and historically a very strong liberal part of, part of the world. Um, at the last state election, there was a very strong till vote there. Uh, we'll just have to see um, as to what those voters choose to do on March the 2nd, because that's also something that Dutton's team will need to be very, very careful not to ignore as a pro- as a potential problem.
1: How much uh, were the people in your focus group talking about local versus national
0: issues. Yeah, overwhelming when we're just like last night, but across all the focus groups we do and all the people we talk to across the country, when it comes to federal politics, it is all about federal. So it's it's really about the economy. It's um, Sometimes it's about national security, but that has a lot of nuances to it. It isn't about both people. People no longer bite hard on that stuff anymore. But it's, um, it, it's an overwhelming sense that the federal government needs to focus on the economy and and assist Australians with the affordability crisis. Local issues tend to not make much of a um, an impact when it comes to federal politics.
1: So were people at all talking about uh, the boat arrival, which of course is fresh in people's minds, or the debate about the former detainees that dominated Parliament last week?
0: Not at all. Uh, it's not something that we saw even last week when we were out, out uh, talking to Australians Um there isn't much um, focus by the general public on this as it used to be. I would say that the political heat that was associated with the, the politics of boat people in the early 2000s is all gone. I think that we're, we're dealing with a, d- a different generation of politics now and Australians generally just don't get all that worried or concerned about what sort of people stumble onto our shores and, and walk walk into a into a town. Looking for food.
1: I think there's a general feeling that uh, Labor is a favourite in this by election. What, if any, chance do you give the Liberals? Yeah,
0: look, it, it's it's a safe uh, bet to, to to say that uh, Dunkley is the type of electorate, although out of suburban, it's where Labor has been losing ground over the last 12 months, but it's in Melbourne. And Melbourne, uh, for your national listeners, is a, a very different. To, to, to the rest of the country when it comes to its politics even out of suburban voters have this sort of progressive tinge about them so it's um it's a very difficult seat for the coalition to win but they need to win this seat to prove to themselves but also to the to the broader australian public that they are they have a pathway to that victory in 2025 there are 12 seats under dunkley which are demographically and geographically more problematic for the Labor government, um, which the Labor government holds. And they are situated mainly in Sydney, Brisbane, uh, Western Australia, and in Northern Tasmania. Um, Those seats are far more problematic. Now, if Dutton cannot... Uh, secure a strong swing here then it's going to be pretty difficult to see how he's going to win enough seats in uh fr- through the outer suburbs and, and regions of our country to uh to get into the lodge
1: Kosumaris thanks very much no problem
0: at all thank you
1: Tim Costello a few years ago you moved from uh, inner Melbourne to the Dunkley area the the beach area there just Give us your impressions of the electorate?
3: Well it's not a tale of two cities it's a tale of uh, nine diverse suburbs that make up uh, Dunkley and um, some are very nice uh, where I live and Mount Eliza and Oliver's Hill uh, and then uh, some are very very poor. Uh, the weekly income in Frankston is much lesser than Greater Melbourne it's um, 20%, less than 20% have a university qualification. There's uh, over 5,000 on job seeker and Youth, al- uh, youth Allowance. Um, there's a number of methadone clinics. There's a number of homeless. We literally are stepping over when we shop in Bayside, the main Frankston shopping centre. So it's a tale of a number of cities here.
1: So turning to the by-election, what's the mixture of local and national issues coming through? Is it mainly all about national issues or do the uh, local ones figure as well?
3: I know. Look, it's um like federal elections have become. Uh, local issues that are dressed up as federal issues. So that's who's going to renovate. Uh, the Bruce Park, uh, or the Len Philip Phelps Pavilion in Caram Downs, one of the suburbs, or the Monterey Reserve, another suburb. Ah, uh, it's weather, and the liberals have uh, liberals have promised nearly a billion dollars to extend the uh, train line three or four stops to Baxter. So, um, state and local issues, particularly the high-rise towers, the Great Wall of Frankston, are, are very much alive in this. Uh, federal election, even though they don't have much to do with um, federal issues.
1: And which side do you think is coming out better from these local issues?
3: Well, it's very puzzling because Peter Murphy was absolutely loved in this electorate. And uh, the Liberal message is that this electorate has been neglected. Uh, So the Libs really are trying to make the community angry um even though most were very very attached to uh, the late peter murphy i think the libs are coming out better i think their um billboards and publicity is not only everywhere but the message uh, which is send labor a message put elbow last and five out of six uh, other candidates uh, are putting elbow last uh the mayor is claiming um, a whole lot of the things that Peter Murphy did and the state member was his doing because he's been mayor now three years in a row. He's saying, see how popular I am? I've been mayor elected by you three times in a row. Well, actually, we don't directly elect the mayor and it has been uh, intramural uh, politics that got him elected. Uh, but he's a very good campaigner. He is very slick and everywhere And uh, that send uh, Labor a message, I think, is cutting through.
1: That's interesting what you say about the Liberals, because I think the general expectation, certainly in Canberra, is that Labor is a favourite for this seat, a reasonably firm favourite at this stage.
3: Yes, it is. And I think the stage three tax cuts certainly gave Labor a bounce, but... um, some of the polling I've seen, internal polling, shows that uh, people are confused about it. Uh, less than 20% quite understand it. Uh, the lib started with a broken promise, but they've uh, dropped that. And uh, Dutton waving through these stage three tax cuts seems to have neutralised it. Look, I might say that um, there's a level of shamelessness that uh, really has even left me gobsmacked uh, last uh October, I pointed out to Frankston Council that they had the lowest affordable and social housing of any local government, and there was nothing in their uh, housing draft housing policy about affordable housing. The mayor, now a Liberal candidate, got so angry at me he interrupted me and made me sit down. Now the mayor, in his in his uh, advertising, is running on affordable housing. <laughs> he's he's fixing it up uh, after three years of absolutely ignoring it for high-rise, multi-million-dollar penthouse Houses, uh, so uh, the shamelessness has quite, quite staggered me. But uh, I think he can certainly count on disconnection and ignorance. Um, some would say, you know, less than twenty percent who have gone to university. I think um, he, he perhaps is winning in that cut through.
1: You spoke about polling, internal polling, are we talking? Labor or
3: Liberal here? Uh, I've seen a bit of both, actually. Uh, I have friends on both sides. And it's consistent? It's fairly consistent, yes. Both are saying it's going to be very close. Uh, And if it comes down to preferences with five out of six of the other candidates putting Labor last, uh, that could really tell. The other A big boost for uh, the Liberal candidate is he came, he drew number one on the voting uh, card and uh, Labor drew last. Uh, So um, if anything, the gods have smiled on Liberals uh, in terms of the luck of the draw.
1: Now, you were saying that the Liberal candidate is pretty active, pretty visible, What about the Labour candidate? How is she doing?
3: Look, she's doing very well, particularly with women. There's a lot of women in the area who've known her work uh, with uh, founding strong spirit for women and the programs uh, with women in disadvantage. Um, But it's always a limited group. She's not been in politics. She's a very caring Frankston mum. With some deep ties, Uh, she was not really political, but under Peter Murphy's um, uh, influence, I guess, joined the Labor Party, well, really five minutes ago. Um, For her, she's campaigning well, but it's a big step up to federal politics when you haven't been involved. Uh, Whereas the mayor, uh, proof of the pudding, getting himself chosen by council uh, three times, is much more a natural politician um, very much a, what that politician chutzpah for claiming credit for a whole lot of things he didn't do but uh, moving on and claiming it uh, so my sense is and it's impressionistic there's uh, a wind in his sails uh, which is why I think it's going to be close and they might even overcome the six the percent swing they need to.
1: You've very much emphasised the local in what you've been saying, Tim Costello. Uh, what about the national leaders? Is anyone noticing their visits?
3: Well, uh, Elbo has been here quite a bit. To his credit, he stayed in the glorious Quest Hotel overnight in Frankston. <laughs> Peter Dutton, uh, I don't think it he knows he's not too popular down here. He's made uh, passing visits and no doubt stand, stayed in five-star hotels If uh, in Melbourne. Uh, I bumped into um, Elbow in the local cafe. I didn't know he was there and I heard a voice saying, oh, would you like to have breakfast? Uh, so Elbow uh, has been mixing it. Um, but... The real message federally is send a message uh, to Labor. You know, look at the interest rates, they're high. Look at inflation. Uh, If you're feeling pain, it's elbow's fault. That's coming from the libs. And um, my sense is, you know, in the last five minutes when most people are disengaged and they say, oh, who am I going to vote for? Yeah, I'm feeling pain. Oh, yeah, I'll send elbow a message. I think that that has salience. Uh, that that campaigning.
1: Well, we'll see on the night. Tim Costello, thanks very much. A pleasure. And that's all from uh, our podcast on Dunkley. It'll be an interesting contest. Still a way to go in the campaign, but watch for more coverage in the coming days. Thank you to my producer. Ben Roper. We'll be back with another interview soon, but goodbye for now.
0: Our theme music is by Lee Rosevier. You can find more podcasts from The Conversation on our website at TheConversation.com.